0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola.
1: Welcome to Friday, Lacrosse Talk PM. Brad Williams is in studio. Grant Bills from WKTY is going to join us in a couple of minutes, and State Senator Patrick Testin, uh, who joined me about an hour ago, and we talked about all kinds of things. He's going to. I'm going to. Re, I'm going to play that interview in the second half of the hour. A Republican, people. I have a Republican on my show. Uh, so you can listen to that. Brad Williams is in studio. He wanted to update everybody on something he learned in court today or witnessed in court today. That makes it sound like there was a crime
2: that happened. But uh, Brad, go ahead. Uh, explain what you saw this and what happened. Just came from the sentencing at the La Crosse courthouse in the David Sanders case. This was a reckless homicide case from July of 2017, and uh, as as you can uh, find the uh, previous stories on our web page. Uh, that uh, in 2017, uh, David Sanders was driving uh, early in the morning on Highway F-O and uh, crashed his truck into a car driven by 26-year-old Maria Gartner. She died as a result of that accident. Uh, This has been uh, in the court system for the last two and a half years, obviously, waiting for the the plea that he made uh, to reduced charge today and uh, the sentence that was passed by judge ramona gonzalez uh this is going to be uh so when, when he when he
1: hit this when when this accident happened he had a blood alcohol level of point oh eight. yes okay
2: but uh as uh various problems uh, occurred in this case uh there there were difficulties uh, that the uh, officer responding to the scene was not able to do certain things that he should have been able to do. Therefore, some of the uh, physical evidence not admissible in this case, and that's partly what complicated it. So okay. so some of the, uh, the blood alcohol evidence that was gathered in the case was not admissible in court. So certain things... Uh, could not be done that perhaps the prosecution and the uh, the victim's family wanted to be done. Uh, this is a negligent uh, manner of homicide that uh, he pled to today. And the uh, sentence handed down by Judge Gonzalez for David Sanders was 26 months in prison out of a possible uh, 10 years for the uh, particular plea that took place 26 months corresponding to Maria Gartner was 26 at the time she died. Okay. And then that will be followed by 60 months of extended supervision. Uh the judge says that was the maximum supervision that she could give was 5 years. Okay. And, and he was, put that in. He was doing 95 miles per hour. Yes. Uh where was this again? This was uh, County FO. Where is that? And uh, it's <laughs> I, I don't Did I stump have the you? specific Oh I stumped you on where, line, what the county road is. I should no but this is case has been in the courts for a long time uh, he was he was charged uh, about a year after the uh, crime took place they they had to reconstruct the, the accident and so on. Um, so was alcohol a factor there, determined it is, to be a factor? It is in... believed to have been a factor. No, he but, had a previous...
1: Well, he, he blew a point drunk. away so we can assume... And he, he did have a previous OWI case. When the courts like, went through this, did they have to throw out the
2: fact that he might have been drunk? Uh, that might be a, a subject for appeal if he decides to appeal. Okay. But uh, he, he did take a plea... Agreement today, so I, we don't know whether there's going to be any appeal in this okay. case. At this point, uh, once again, it's 26 months in prison, followed by 60 months of extended supervision. Uh, many comments made by members of Maria Gartner's family, also uh, of David Sanders' family. Uh, he did say that... Uh, I'm the, the, for, the sentence came down today, was the family disappointed in that? Do you feel like they were? Uh, they uh, They were all... Seeking the maximum the max, ten years, 10 years yeah. so uh, that's kind of how there things would like be that go. Disappointment there. Uh, the judge saying that, from her perception uh, of what uh, people were saying in court, that Maria was a bright, shining star, a loving, warming human being. That she asks for justice. Uh, David Sanders said he was incredibly sorry and heartbroken and wishes he could take back that morning. Uh, He had been working on computer the day before. He said it was a long day, and then he had decided to drink the night before and got up early the next morning. And uh, by coincidence, uh, Maria had gotten up early that morning. She would not normally have been trying to go to work at that time of the day, but she was filling in for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So this is a a strange circumstance. A little random happenstance. And... uh, So this is uh, something also that uh, Judge Gonzalez did, besides the prison term, and uh, there will be 2,600 hours of community service he will be required to do. He'll be paying a $2,600 fine. And uh, now the judge wants to explore restorative justice. That 20, is,
1: 2,600 hours of community service is akin to like 65, 40-hour work weeks, just in case anyone wants to know. I did that
2: math in my head, not with the calculator. rate. All right, rate. yes. And... Uh, that there is a possibility that he may want to contact members of the Gartner family, uh, and uh, feels he, bad, yeah. But uh, judge no. the judge uh, said she was taking an extraordinary step and said, uh, asked the DA to collect a list of individuals, uh, some of whom in court today and others who if they do not want to have contact with him they would be on this list and and, uh, the court would say do not contact these people they do not want to have contact with you sure and that makes so, I mean, it's sense. It's just one, one of, of the these things, things that, uh, he, you know, he, over the years, things may change. But uh, yeah. on, on a day as emotional as this, that's what the, uh, the ruling and the sentence right. is. Right. He feels bad. He probably wants to somehow make things right yes. with an
1: apology. And they probably want to move on and never think about him again. Right. So, all right, Brad, thanks a lot. Okay. Brad Williams, Wisdom News. He's going to have that online in a little bit, the court decision. Uh, another decision in court today. Senate court, Senate rejects witnesses in the Trump trial, ensuring an acquittal. That also happens just now, like, like 10 minutes ago, it happened. So no witnesses, big surprise. All right. I think I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to get Grant Bills in here. A couple of things happening. Uh, We're going to break down the Kobe King. Grant has some updates with the Kobe King news. Kobe King, Lacrosse Central High School graduate who plays for the Bradgers up until this week when he said he's leaving the team, which we broke on Wisdom News a couple days ago. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back after this. All right, Grant Bills, WKTY. Here we go. I gotta pot you up, Grant Bills, <laughs> WKTY, joining us. I gotta, I gotta lead into my show now. All right, uh, Grant, we gotta talk, you know, through the wall here. Yes. About two things: Kobe King, and then also the high school sports basketball games going on, the high school sports basketball games.
0: Well, Uh, you're not way off base. You want to know the name of the tournament that you're referring to tomorrow? Sportsball two thousand twenty. The the name of the tournament is the Minnesota Wisconsin High School Basketball Border Battle. Like that's the full name. So you're not far off. It's pretty clunky. I think if they went border battle, that people would get confused with wrestling. Because I think there's
1: a big wrestling tournament called the Border Battle. Yeah. But they could all be called Border Battle. Um All right. So well, let's just do this quick. I took a couple of notes. So, yeah, on wisdom tonight, Holman at Central. Mm-hmm. That's over here with me. You got it. So, ninety-two point three FM, fourteen ten AM, seven o five PM. Tip off. Central is the number two ranked team in Division Two in Wisconsin. They are nine and three overall, four and one in conference. And Holman is four and ten overall, two and four in conference. Central. Uh, what was it going to say? I, I lost it. Central. Uh, a little bit of a rough streak because they. Went to Florida last weekend and played a bunch of nationally ranked teams and and won one game and lost two, and that came right after losing two. Now number one ranked on Alaska. More importantly, tomorrow, this border battle yes. on your station, WKTY, five eighty AM, ninety six point seven FM. You got it. I, get it. I just you nailed it. <laughs> uh, nine Lakeville North, nine and seven overall. They mm-hmm. lost the state title last year. They will play number one ranked on Alaska, thirteen and one overall, at six p.m. Yes, sir. At UW Lacrosse.
0: Yep. So on Alaska is actually going to be the late game. They play Central's going to play first at six, and oh. then Lakeville North and Anna. It got switched. It so got you, switched. So okay. you had it right, and I give you credit for doing research. You nailed every single detail there. But yeah, it did switch.
1: Okay. Uh, earlier this week. So seven thirty p.m. on Alaska plays. Yes, sir. Prior to that, mm-hmm. number one ranked Mini Academy. Yes, sir. Thirteen and two overall. Won the state title last year with a twenty-nine and two record. They will play Central, tied for number two in the state in Division Two. That's what I wanted to say. Yep. Central is no longer solely number two. They're tied for number two in the state. Yeah, and they're nine and three. So that'll be the six PM game. Both of those games on WKTY.
0: Or you go over to UW Lacrosse. Um, are you guys putting those on the TV? Yes, we will video stream both of those games. You'll be able to watch and listen and and see the live scoreboard. Uh, thanks to Firefighters Credit Union. So do two you, games, double. Do you have them them this all.
1: down where you could get on your
0: Roku? And do you know what the app is called? Yep, You need to. You can watch it on your Roku or your Apple TV. And, and I know some some of our uh, our coworkers here who have interest in in some of the teams we cover. Right. Some of our salesmen or, or people who work on other stations have have done it. They've just downloaded the BoxCast app yes. on their Roku or their Apple TV, and it looks awesome. Like it has the full scoreboard, the clock, the, and everything updates in real time. And you can hear Drew Kelly, who you might just mistaken for Joe Buck if you stop paying attention, because it sounds and looks that great. Well, so it it's, is. It's, it's really awesome.
1: You know, like tonight, Friday night. So you guys recording tonight's game too? Yes. Okay, yep. that'll be on tonight's game two, Holman at Central. You got it. Um.
0: Yeah, Joe Buck. Is that what you said? You can- is Drew Kelly, is Drew more of a Joe Buck or is he a a Tessitore or a Jim Nance? Who does Drew Kelly does, sound like? Is the
1: overall know. conception we don't
0: like Joe Buck still, or do we are we okay with Joe Buck? I like Joe Buck. Because of nepotism, I, th- I think I think Joe Buck and and Drew Kelly are two peas in a pod. They're both very they have very regal sounding voices. Does that make you Troy Aikman? I hope oh God. I hope not. Who would I be? I can't even
1: believe you're in the Hall of Fame. I'm,
0: yeah, this is true. I'm I'm kind of childish. I, I like to have a little fun, so maybe that makes me Tony Romo. But I was Tony Romo before Tony Romo. I was just the dude who had to crack <laughs> jokes because I had nothing important to say. You had nothing of of substance to say. You had to. Oh wait, nothing. that's wisdom.
1: Five five to six p.m. every day. Yes. Uh, okay, so just I'm just to inform your listeners, the Senate impeachment rejects witnesses today in the Trump trial. So Trump's going to be off the hook. Just people,
0: so you know. people are angry about it. Yeah, I heard that the trial. People were saying that the trial is a sham, and I, I, I don't know. I've yeah. had to follow. I've had to follow so many stories, Rick, this week. The like <laughs> stories that have lasted more than one day, and it's this Kobe King following that is exhausting. And you're well, trying to stay up with impeachment. Uh, that would yeah. Just be I impossible. just wanted
1: to. I just wanted to give you a heads up, but let's dive into Kobe King because I have been off the radar today a little bit with this. Yeah, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Wednesday happened. Kobe King put on Instagram he's not playing with the team and it was kind of a you know thought-out answer and it was fine but all my friends are like oh, you can't quit on your team three-fourths of the way into the season. And I'm like, well, we don't have the whole story. And maybe he did just quit on his team because he doesn't like his team or his coach. Do you have any more info? You said Kobe King had an interview today or the other day. So what did he say there?
0: Yeah, I I was just talking with my listeners. Jim Polzine of the Wisconsin State Journal had a sit-down interview with him. And they also talked to Greg Gard about some of the things that Kobe said. So this was a couple days in the works, I'm imagining. Uh, It sounds like Kobe actually hasn't felt perfect in the system even going back to his freshman year there have been difficulties throughout this season Kobe said he had meetings two with Greg Gard one with Joe Krabinoff an assistant coach and I think the the crux of the story is like Kobe didn't feel listened to he didn't feel appreciated he made a comment uh that Todd Fergett the lacrosse central coach and his former AAU coach Chris Neubauer he he felt like their care was deeper than just basketball And, and and he kind of hinted at the idea that Wisconsin and their coaches maybe don't care about their players. He said he kind of felt like a servant that was just there to win games. And I get that. I understand that you want to feel appreciated. You want to feel loved and everything like that. But Rick also, and this is just me trying to play devil's advocate. I don't want to be waving the Kobe King flag all the time. I want to look at this honestly. When you go to college, things change, right? High school teachers hold your hand a little bit more than college professors. I think sports probably are very, very similar. So maybe Kobe struggled with that transition a little bit. Or maybe he just truly didn't feel at home and he didn't ever feel appreciated and loved by Greg Gard. Either way, it sounds like he didn't feel listened to, didn't feel appreciated, and that the whole program felt a little insensitive to Kobe.
1: Well, and then he gets into that system and he doesn't oh my coach doesn't want to listen to me, doesn't like me, and then he's gonna play worse because he's got this he feels like there's some kind of burden on his shoulder. Yeah. And uh it's affecting his game. I you know, like I, I guess if that's the story, then you know well, suck it up and play for your team is what a lot of people are just going to say. Like yeah. just you know, play the rest of the season out. But my my argument would be, well, what if he blows out his knee again? He's already blown out his knee uh, his freshman year after 10 games, which is why he's only a sophomore right now. He's a Redshirt sophomore in his third year, but um, if he blows out his knee, nobody's going to take him. He's going to be playing for UWL next year, which people in lacrosse would love. But oh, that'd be awesome! <laughs> but he would be, you know, probably have this st- still sit out a year if he ended up getting hurt like that. Uh, so yeah, he's he's playing it safe. And at this point, you know, I think my, a lot of my again my forty year old friends are like, well, if I was a coach, I would never take him. He quit on the he quit on his team. Why? What's going to make it? What's going to make him not quit on the next team?
0: Yeah, I, and, and I think that's a reasonable concern. I I agree. Quitting in the middle of the season is not a great look, and I, I was hoping that when that news came out, well, he better have a good reason. This better be important to be done in the middle of the season. I'll read you a quote from this article, Rick, that maybe will help it put it into perspective for you and your listeners. Yeah, wh- where, where is it? The State Journal? The State Journal, yeah. Okay. The Wisconsin State Journal. Jim Polzine has the, has the story. And, you know, you can't walk out on your teammates. You can't quit on your teammates. Well... This is what Kobe had to say. I thought it was best not only for myself, but for the team for me to step away from the program because I knew my heart wouldn't be into it again. I hear people say I'm a quitter. I actually talked to five or six teammates before I even told the coaches I was thinking of doing this. These are my closest guys. And if one of them would have told me that if I felt like quitting, uh, if I, if they felt like I was quitting on them, I would have never have done anything. So Kobe got support and, and, and respect and love for his teammates, Trevor Anderson, and Nate Reavers both showing him a little respect and love and well wishes on Twitter the other day. I, I think this quitter narrative is one that fans have created. I don't think that's coming from his teammates, at least not the ones we've heard from. You yeah, know?
1: I mean, this is this
0: is terrible. But I was I, when I went out for football as a freshman
1: in college at Stevens Point. Yep. Uh, the first day I was into it and then the next day I was not into it and i saw basketball players playing basketball in the gym you could see it from the football field and then i started dropping passes and i just wasn't so i went to the coach i go coach and i was just a walk on It wasn't a big deal Yeah. i'm like i don't know if i don't know if football's cut out for me and the coach at that point i feel like i was and i'm still immature but i feel like some 18 year olds could be pretty mature and know exactly what they want and have a plan for this me i was like oh football i'll do that and the coach was like all right see you throw your stuff in the you know whatever and he yep. was just like out of there if the coach would have been like Hey, I know that's how you feel, but I really think you should stick it out these couple of practices. Maybe you feel like you don't have any friends because it's new and you're freshman and you you just walked on. But if you get to know these guys, you're. I was rooming with a senior at ta- that time, and, and you know if he would have just said, I think you really should just stick it out and, and keep playing, and, and and just unless unless you feel like there's something physically or mentally, you know what I mean, like yeah. And, but I, he was like, all right, see you later, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm out. But I I needed I needed an adult. To tell me what to do at that point, even though I'm an 18 year old, I just I feel like I, I, I'm a kind of a lost soul at that point, and that's that's how I feel like maybe Kobe King, if if Greg Gard or maybe his teammates, his teammates are. Liken to him, right? They're all 18, 19 year olds. Yep. So they're not going to say that, but like Greg Gard could have been like that, or an assistant coach, or even maybe his old high school coach could have said that, because apparently they were all in town that day when Kobe put that out. Yeah. Uh, four coaches in town uh, doing damage control on, on
0: talking to the Jordan and Johnny Davis brothers. Yeah. Greg Gard and, and Krabinoft and Alondo Tucker and all of his assistants were in lacrosse. And interestingly enough, I heard from some people at Central High School that Todd Ferguson and his staff were in Madison with Kobe King, or they were they were actually going and visiting with Kobe King. I guess they were all absent the other day. Uh I, I have a friend whose student teaches at Central, right across the hallway from uh Johnny and Jordan Davis's dad. Uh and, and I guess the the basketball staff was just absent as a whole. And, and I think they might have been doing something similar with Kobe, just checking on him. And maybe, look, maybe Todd Fergett is a big teddy bear and he cares about his players that much to where he saw that Kobe was having a tough time, left the program, and his first thought was we got to go. We got to go see him. We got to go talk to him. We got to go see if he's OK. I, and, and once again, to, to say that you you talked about your decision to walk away from football, right? I think Kobe had that thought his true freshman year. He expressed in this article to Jim Polzine in the State Journal that, look, I had doubts in my freshman season. Yeah, and he already
1: did the whole stick it out, try yeah. to try to change so, it. So
0: the, the whole, well, try to stick it out. Well, he already yeah, he did, he already did that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Two, two, three years. Yeah.
0: So I, I think knowing that. Okay, you got to give Kobe a little bit more credit.
1: Sure. All right, Grant, that's that's all the time I got. We got to hit news and Scott's comment on my side. So get, thanks
0: a lot. Get to more important things, Rick. Have a good one. <laughs> all right, see ya. That's
1: Grant excellent. Bills, WKTY, the Wisco Sports Show. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with my interview with Patrick Testin, uh, State Senator, right here in Wisco. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. You want to text me? I'm just going to say, text me for now. I got an interview coming up here. 608-785-7914. I'm going to play this interview. So State Senator Patrick Testin was touring our studio and our facility here earlier today. And he stopped in and wanted to know what my job entailed. And I said, well, sit down. Here's the mic. Let's just record an interview. He had to get out of here. So he didn't want to stick around for the show. Because it's snowing out and he's got to get back to Stevens Point. So here's that interview with State Senator Patrick Testin. And while it's going on, feel free to shoot me a text. We can have a conversation while this interview is going on, 608 785 7914. We're sitting in studio here with Senator Patrick Testin from the Stevens Point area. I guess uh, they're, they're, your district encompasses a, a whole bunch more than that. But uh, you're, you're touring the state kind of doing like a, a dirty jobs type thing. And this is the dirtiest job in the mall. So you, you figured come to wisdom, right? Like,
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah, can you just kind of explain what, uh, what you're doing? Yeah, so I, I represent the 24th Senate District, which incorpor- incorporates portions of Monroe, uh, Washera, Jackson, Wood, uh, Adams, and then all of Portage County. And so once a month, I go work a different job in the district. And even though this is a little outside the district, it's, it's close enough, but um, primarily to highlight some of our great employers in the area. And more importantly, it gives me an opportunity to better understand how and what we do down in Madison impacts people back home. So I've been doing this once a month since I took office in January of 2017. Because yeah, you're a rookie senator, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm in my freshman term up for re-election this November. And, I mean, it, it's, such, it's so much fun for me because it's something different. It's something new. I mean, I've done everything from – um, working in restaurants to housekeeping at a hotel to work in construction. I've even cleaned out a septic tank or two, which I got to confess, I've gotten pretty good at that since <laughs> my time down in Madison. But um, in all seriousness, it's it's really a great opportunity to better connect myself with our great employers, our great workers in, in the area. And it, it's it's a blast. It's I just love doing something different. Now, it's late afternoon on a Friday here, about an hour before my, my show starts. But uh,
1: are you planning your next job? Are you just going to jump into a snowplow truck on the way home? or what, <laughs> It's, it's how is possible. That gonna work? <laughs> yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, that um, would be an interesting you, – you probably haven't done that one yet, we, right? We
3: haven't done a, a snowplow truck yet. Um, one of the more interesting ones that I've ever done was uh, last summer I got to work with a night paving crew as they are doing um, work, re- resurfacing the work on I-39. And let me tell you, it gave me a much better appreciation for those, for those types of jobs because here you've got men and women who are working – on our interstates and i'm up on top of the paver and literally one lane away you've got cars and semis just Buzzing by you at 65, 75 miles per yeah, hour. texting and driving, and no, it, I'm just kidding. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> hopefully not, but you know, it's certainly scary. Yeah. and you know, you get for me now when I see those orange cones and barrels, I definitely make sure I'm I'm aware, much more aware. I'm slowing down, and it's things like that that I think maybe not a lot of people think about. Um, and it's neat too. So when we first when we first proposed this, we had a really hard time trying to find businesses that. Wanted to take this on. I mean, we were cold calling people, and they'd be like, "Who are you? What? Why do you want to do this?" But since it's kind of taken off, I mean, we've we've got request after request. And I think the next one that I'm doing uh, for the um, either February or March, I'm working with um, Northwind Solar, and uh, going to work with those guys. They're based out of Amherst, over in Portage County, and we're going to install some solar panels at uh, Spirus Riverview Hospital in Wisconsin Rapids. Okay. Um, when I was, uh, so I,
1: I was a newspaper journalist for about 10 years and, uh, just kind of trying to figure things out. Like, uh, I, at one point I was a rookie and as I got, I, as I got into getting to know a lot of the coaches and, and players in town and Winona, uh, just up the river here in Minnesota, I started, be, I started to get comfortable and, and get to know these people. And then I was like, I need to do this column because I was, I played sports all my life. So I did this column called before I get old. And I essentially, I like, I put the hockey gear, I played goalie for the hockey team who did not like me because they weren't very good that year. So they're like, we're just going to tee off on, him. we're not even going to try to score on them, we're just going to hit them in the face. And then I did, uh, I did track football. Uh, I tried to hit off an all-state softball pitcher, which I did not do. So it's kind of, yeah, I can kind of relate. That's kind of a cool, a cool way to do this. Every, you know, and you, you talk about like maybe the worst job you did, like septic sounds like it might be kind of awful. The paving thing seems dangerous, and it puts you in a new, a different perspective. Did you do a job yet? You were like, wow, this is cake. I can't believe this is a job. Maybe you're doing it right now. I don't Actually, know.
3: Actually, yeah, today's um, – <laughs> it's, it's been really fun. So I've been here in the station today, and then prior to this I was over at Channel 8. And while it's not necessarily real hands-on for me, it's really kind of fascinating to see just what goes into um, you know, production of our news and how they have to filter out – all right what's going to make it on the five o'clock what's going to make it at the the nine or ten o'clock and really just trying to funnel um, all this information that just bombards the newsroom and figure out all right what's what's the most important thing we need to talk about and get out there to the viewers so they feel like they they know what's going on and same for you know for clearly i don't have radio. that agenda either because <laughs> i put you on the air no i'm just kidding uh the, this this
1: station uh, I get ripped on all the time because uh, it's kind of Republican radio. You're a Republican, and they always yell at me because I have. Uh, yesterday I do this. I do a, a Trump impeachment show, essentially, is what we've been doing lately with a political scientist in town who's leaning left. So Joe Heim, jo- uh, uh, no, not nah, uh, uh, Keith Knutson with okay. the Turbo. So uh, Joe Heim comes on with Mike Hayes in the morning quite often, and and uh, they, they you know they banter about that same stuff. But I, I like to get all the federal news. How as a state senator, do you have to do you have to take a lot of that, like, flack from people? Just, uh, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that, you know, in terms of uh, the impeachment, which is kind of an important
3: trial going on, obviously. Yeah, I mean, people always always ask, and I'm always open about it when people ask me political questions because that's what I signed up for. I mean, yep. you know, I, there's no – when I leave the house every single day, there's not an on-off switch. If people approach me, whether it's at the gym, whether it's at the grocery store, what have you – yeah, I mean, uh, the way I view it, when I'm out in public, I'm amongst all my employers. I mean, these are my bosses. Yep. And so when people have questions for me, I'm I'm happy to take them.
1: Do you feel like has that escalated as your your term has gone on here the past couple of years? Or the you know, past I, year, I guess?
3: I think it's been pretty consistent. I haven't noticed that it's escalated or, or um, declined in any way, shape, or form. You know, I do sense, though, that there's more... We're more polarized, especially um, in recent years, which is unfortunate because I think that it drowns out a lot of the great work that's being done, um, especially down in Madison. I think there's a perception that when... We walk into the building. Republicans get red boxing gloves. The Democrats get blue boxing gloves. We go to our respective chambers and we just beat the tar out of each other. Mm-hmm. And that's simply not the case. When you take a look, especially like this session, over I believe right now, ninety percent of the bills that have been signed into law by Governor Evers bipartisan. Mm-hmm. Now there's going to be some areas where we're pretty far apart on, and that's to be expected with with any situation. And yeah, I, think, I mean, I did a gerrymandering show a couple of days ago that I'm sure
1: <laughs> that you know Republicans are like, well, we have the right to draw the maps why would we give that up democrats didn't give it up uh you know what in 2011 sir i think it was 2000 or 2009 before before it switched over um and and so i'm like well we could we could just we could fix it now you guys as
3: republicans could fix it i don't know if you guys have have you had that conversation Obviously, I mean, that's one of those issues that continues to come up. And the way I see it, I know, you know, we may disagree on this, and I always say to people who may not agree with me, we can agree to disagree, but let's do it in a respectful manner. For me, that's an issue that it is clearly defined as a role of the legislature. And for me, and I even ran on this, and I went back not too long ago and watched one of my debates from 2016, I talked about one of the huge concerns I have is that if we continue to take powers away from the legislature when we're supposed to have co-equal branches of government, then at what point do we even need a legislature anymore? And this has happened under both Republicans and Democrats alike, under Republican-led legislatures, Democrat-led... Democratic-led legislatures and so on. Legislature is a terrible word to try to say. I know I, it I is. I had it's to practice, bu- It's brutal. Um, <laughs> but when I tell people, because they always point to a portion of the district that I represent, so the 71st Assembly District, which runs from um, places such as Toma and Sparta all the way up to the township where I live just north of Stevens Point as a prime example of gerrymandering. But when you take a look at the 24 Senate District as a whole, now here's a district that my predecessor had won in 2012 with about 57% of the vote, four years later lost with about 47% of the vote. Now what changed in those four years? The geographic lines didn't change. The people physically didn't change, but people's opinions change, And it really boils down to strength of candidate. It really does matter. And especially when you take a look at the 2018 elections when Senator Tammy Baldwin carried, I believe it was around 56, 57 assembly districts um, around the state, had that trend carried over to the down-ticket races the Democrats would be in the majority in the state assembly right now. Mm-hmm. So that goes to show that, especially um, here in Wisconsin, I think it's actually a good thing to have, is that voters are, are willing to split tickets because they that tells me they vote, vote for the person.
1: Yeah, you could you could generalize this and say, Broad, the lines are rigged, and there's this many Democrats voting for that and this many Republicans voting for that. Or you could say, well, that that guy over there you know, he's an idiot and the person running against him is better or the, you know, the woman running or the man running against him is better. And that's why they got elected. So, right. which is your case, right? That's how you got elected. The guy yeah. you were running in. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. So I, I didn't mean to, to, to jump into a political debate oh, no, no with problem. you, but like it, I said, it's, you're, you're it just here trying to tour the radio. And then I, 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 I go off on uh, gerrymandering and you know, I could start, I could start talking about legislation that we're passing legislation for lemonade stands, but we're not like looking at you know, legalizing marijuana or legalizing sports gambling, which is a
3: kind of a thing that I always. Well, on, on the marijuana, um, you know, I'm I'm not there for recreational, but I was one of the the co-authors on the bipartisan medical bill. For me, that's a no-brainer. But mm-hmm. you know, on some of those issues, it takes time. And what I tell people oftentimes is that when you're very passionate about an issue, and maybe your elected official isn't there on that said issue. Don't simply just throw up your arms and tell them they're wrong. Don't tell them that they're, they're dumb for not supporting you or supporting this idea, but continue to educate, continue to advocate for that position. Share your personal stories. Have others call and share their personal stories because more times than not, it's those personal testimonials that really help move the ball down the field. And I think that's really ultimately how, how we're going to get there if we want to see, for instance, medical cannabis um, here in the state of Wisconsin. And I also think a lot of legislators are kind of waking up to the idea when we take a look at every state that surrounds us, have embraced it in some form or fashion, that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And Canada. <laughs> and <laughs> Canada. Know? All right, we're going to take a quick
1: break, and then we'll come back and continue the rest of the interview with Republican State Senator Patrick Testin right here on Wisdom. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm going to wrap up that interview with State Senator Patrick Teston. He had to get out of here early because of the weather. So here's the rest of that interview. You, you talked about uh, your, your dirty jobs that you're doing, not so much dirty, well, mostly in your area, but the the thing on I 90 where you're, you're helping construction crews repave a road, that really resonates here because anyone who, anytime the government in Lacrosse wants to spend money on anything, always the comment section, always the calls I get are, fix the
3: roads. Yeah. And uh, did you get that in, the, in your area? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I represent a fairly rural area, and that was one thing that I heard over and over and over again when I'd be going door to door or at community events or parades, and it was across the spectrum politically. Um, Republicans, Democrats, liberal, conservative, everyone in between, everyone saying, fix the roads, fix the roads. Now, in this past budget, um, we had incorporated a pot of ninety million dollars to go for local road aids, on top of the ten percent increase to local road aid support as well. That, again, trying not to get too political here, that but unfortunately through line item veto, the governor had made drastic changes to that program. Took fifteen million out of it, which still seventy-five million is nothing to, to bat an eyelash at, but made some changes to the program in the way that initially. That money is supposed to go directly towards our our towns, which oftentimes don't have the tax base that they need to pave new roads, and open it up for all transportation projects around the state. So, um, you know, it's an ongoing battle. I think we've taken some steps in the right direction to address our transportation funding issue, but we still have a lot more work to do. And that's why one of the primary reasons in this last budget that was signed into law, there was a provision put in that said, um, requiring the DOT to look at all options and then present that to the legislature moving forward because we, we can't keep taking the same approach that we've been doing. And we have to also understand that how we fund our roads primarily through the gas tax is an antiquated way to do it. As cars become more fuel efficient... Yeah, I'm looking for an electric car right now. <laughs> as, yeah, as vehicles become more fuel efficient, as we have more electric vehicles and hybrids on our, our roads, well, does it really make sense when cars are getting... 40 upwards of 60, 70 miles to the gallon that the primary mechanism that we're going to use to repair our roads is at the, at, at the pump. Well, on the flip side too is, uh, it, you know,
1: I'm, I'm looking at electric vehicles and realizing that I can't afford one. And if I was going to try to get a car that was going to get 50 miles a gallon, I can't afford one. So what am I, what am I driving a 12 year old car with 240,000 miles on it that gets 20 miles a gallon. So the gas tack falls on, you know, essentially the poor people, or the 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 people that you know like that are that can't upgrade like right.
3: that. So it's kind of a you know double edged sword it, in that way. And that's that's a great way to put it. And that's how I've explained it to people um, that have contacted my office about that. That yes, it, it it's very much is a double edged sword, and I can sympathize. I mean. I remember uh you know I was driving around a what was it a two thousand four Saturn view that finally clonked out with almost three hundred thousand miles on it thankfully i 've got a, a little bit of a nicer vehicle now, but um, you know it 's tough, and that 's why I think we're going to have to get real creative and we 're going to have to think outside the box and that's likely is going to mean that not everyone's going to be happy, but at the end of the day... That's if, why you have those boxing gloves, right? That's <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if at the end of the day we can come together and you know put the partisanship aside, take the R hat off, take the D hat off, and hopefully come up with some proposals that actually address some long-term solutions, I think we'll be in a much better place moving forward. Uh, and then real quick, because I know you got to get out of here. Uh, if number one, well, maybe
1: not number one in your area isn't Fix the Roads, but... It, you know what's what? What maybe the top two issues in your area that you just you need to address, and I want to know if they're gonna, you know, resonate with the Lacrosse area.
3: Well, I would hope so. I mean, one of the primary reasons why I'm down here today is um, workforce development, the worker shortage that we have. There is a common theme in every Wisconsin community within every business is that you walk past a store shop window and you're going to see a help wanted sign, and it's really well. That's how I got this job. I mean, nobody <laughs> wanted it. I'm just... <laughs> I joke with people, that's how I got this job. But,
2: um,
3: in all seriousness, though, it, it's a problem. And it's and, and it's not an isolated problem just to the state of Wisconsin. There are other states that face similar challenges. Well, I think the governor addressed this
1: a little bit with the state of the state address, right? Like he talked about trying to keep young people yep. in the state. You Obviously, UW-Stevens Point's in your area. Uh, kids graduate college, and then
3: do you see them, like, pff, gone, you know, like, I'm out of here. For the, for the most part, I mean, we do a pretty good job at retaining our, our college graduates here in the state. But which I am one oh, of them. Yep, so. <laughs> same here. But when you take a look right now, so we've got a couple of things that are going against us. We have a population that continues to age. So our population that's 65 or older is set to increase by 72% in the next five years. You're going to have some counties in the state where their population as of retirement age is upwards of one-third of their population, which is a whole separate issue and um, that might Jim,
1: be number two issue on the
3: workforce, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on top of the but workforce. But then thing. also when you take a look at just what's available right now. So on the Job Center of Wisconsin website, we've typically had anywhere between 80,000 to 100,000 jobs available in this state today. Mm-hmm. But yet on that same website, we've had anywhere between forty to 50,000 job resumes. So even if we match every single resume with the right job in the state, we're still short, Short anywhere between forty to 50,000 workers. So not only do we have to work even harder to retain our talent right here, but we also have to go out and sell our story to get professionals here, and especially in in more rural parts of the state, whether it's in places like Toma or Sparta or up in Jackson County or even further north. Because if we can incentivize them to come here, chances are we can get them to stay here because – I mean, you take a look at our quality of life, you take a look at, you know, our education system. Well, the cost of living too. Cost of living's the cost of living is great. The amount of recreational activity there is, if you like to hunt, fish, what have you. I mean, there's a lot to be proud of. And so, Snowmobile yeah. today, maybe? <laughs> so really, it's about trying to put together as many pieces as possible to form a clear picture that we can go out and promote and really um, celebrate our state and, Send up the beacon call that Wisconsin is a great place to live, work, and raise a family. Sure. All
1: right, we're uh, we're going to wrap up. Patrick Teston,
3: Republican from uh, I'm,
1: what's point. the number? The number twenty fourth Senate district. The twenty fourth Senate district. Uh, thanks a lot. Now I'm going to show you how I insert this into the show. All right, <laughs> All right looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, that was the interview with rookie state senator Patrick Teston. Nice enough to come and and tour our Midwest facility and and check out everything and he comes in here and we're just we're just kind of like okay Rick what do you do and i'm like well you know what i do is i sit people down across the studio here and give them a mic and then we talk and different people can talk to you about different things and somebody texted uh, somebody texted in thanks for having a reasonable level-headed polit- political person on great interview and he I I th- I think if you get politicians in here, most of them, and we're going to talk about issues like this, like just issues that people in Wisconsin or Minnesota are going through, the 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 talk is going to be reasonable. And off the air after our interview, we talked about a b- bunch of different things, and you know, I I got some okay, like you know, how does the media? And it would have been it would have been nice probably to get him on on air to talk about this some of this stuff, but he was just here visiting, so I didn't want to like take deep dives into uh, the minutia of our political system and how the left and right fight. We did a little bit, but I felt bad even getting into that stuff because he was really just here to tour and 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 feel out how radio works. Not we're gonna we're gonna bust him on this and that and what and the other thing. I'm not I wasn't there to do that. Uh, if if I got somebody else in here, it would be the same thing. And I liked him; he was he was a good guy. I, I disagreed with some of the stuff he said, but I wasn't gonna sit there and, and banter with him about it and bicker with him, I should say, and get into the minutia because uh, I didn't th- I didn't feel like uh, we, that's that's what we're you know here to do at that point. Maybe some other day. I mean, he he I got his number, I got his email, and if he wants to come in here uh, some other time and. We can. I, I. would love to just focus in on one thing. You know, he talked about medical marijuana. He wasn't into recreational marijuana. I could have got gone down the, that road. Uh, we talked about fixing the roads a little bit too, right? Like so, we could have did that too. Uh, you guys texted in. I'm not gonna have time for those because now that I look at the clock, the show's over. Happy, happy weekend. See you later, guys.